Game day eve part two. Which BYU football player is primed and ready for a, ba a major bounce back after a lackluster offensive performance against Southern Utah? Analyst Hans Olsen on where he expects to see the biggest improvement from the Cougars offense. Plus, we'll get you ready for a weekend of football with our Big 12 roundup and prop picks for the Cougars and Thunderbirds and a big weekend for women's volleyball, soccer, and the non-conference schedule is out for women's hoops as well. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, September 8th, wherever and however you're connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, alongside longtime Geno Smith fan, Jerem Jordan. You know what? I didn't believe in Geno a long time ago, but uh, after last year, setting a bunch of Seahawks records, the year <laughs> after Russ uh, didn't cook. I'm, I'm in, man. Uh, excited. Hopefully it means uh, another playoff performance uh, for the Seahawks, and we'll see, man. It was fun to watch the game last night. Came down to the wire. Lions upsetting the Chiefs, which was pretty crazy. Color me shocked. I, yeah. I, I can't believe it. Free game, Tony Dungy uh, called that one, which was wow. wild. So, yeah. No, it's it's fun to have football back. I was explaining to my kids this morning, hey, on Thursdays there's some football games. Friday's high school football. Saturday is college football. Sunday's the NFL. Welcome, welcome to football. So they both have their Seahawks jerseys on okay. Navy today at school. You're indoctrinating them into the Seahawks Absolutely. fandom. It's, it's the religion oh. and it's the sports <laughs> okay. of their own volition Oh, eventually. I had a moment where I thought I should wear my Joe Burrow jersey today because he's the highest yeah. paid player in NFL history yeah. now. Lunch on uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, old Joey B. Yep. Yeah, smoking that Joe, old Joe. Cigar. Joe, cool. NFL football is back and it's great. But oh. you know what's the precursor to that? College football. We're into week number two and for high BYU. school football yes. tonight. All rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. If this O line can establish the run game, it creates more manageable second and third downs. I mean, you know, a lot of downfield shots, we just got to find a way to connect on them. I've seen this offense be explosive before, and so that's the goal now. What's Trending presented by Feast Box, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. 14 points was the cap for BYU football against Sam Houston. They get an FCS opponent in Southern Utah. Understandably, their frustration mounts. Expectations remain high for BYU's offense. Keaton Slova said it best. We got to take our shots and hit them mm -hmm. in that soundbite you just heard. So, sure. Jerem, maybe it's Keaton Slovis, maybe it's somebody else. But yep. which BYU football offensive player do you expect to have the biggest? Bounce back game on Saturday. You know, he's a Power 5 team now. They're going to play 10 Power 5s in a row. There's a certain amount of physicality associated with that. Uh, obviously, the quarterback position's the most important one, but I think Keen Slovis' best friend is a good run game, and that starts with Aiden Robbins. I think Aiden Robbins needs to have mm -hmm. a bounce back game. Seven carries, 23 yards was not good enough. As good as L.J. Martin is, and, and as the future of BYU football, uh, because who knows, Faden has a great year. He's probably gone. Dion's one and done here. Is that LJ Martin needs to be a great supplement to Aiden Robbins and Dion Smith. And so uh, we need to see a good game from Aiden Robbins. That doesn't need, need to be 100 yards per se, but I would like to see a high yards per carry. I would like to see success rate be good okay. on first and Over second. five yards a carry? Yes, absolutely. Conversion, I'd love it to be six in a game like this. Um, uh, how picky can we be after last week? I would like to see him get in the end zone. I would like to see him uh, run over a couple of guys. Mm -hmm. I would like to see third down conversions. It's that, like if he ran eight times for uh, 64 yards but had three of those 
uh, 10 plus and two others that were other first downs or something. That's the kind of production I'm looking for. Certainly if he goes, you know, 15 for a buck 25 and two scores, yes, that'd be great. But uh, because of the balance that is required throughout the whole season, Aiden Robbins needs to be good, and it starts on the O-line. I mean, sure. I could say O-line, like we were talking about earlier, but Aiden Robbins is my answer. We need to see who he is. We need to see that 1,000-yard rusher from UNLV last year show up. Keaton Slovis, you mentioned, his best friend is going to be a nice running game because that will open everything else up, right? Totally. He just never was able to find a groove because no. the running game was not really going until AJ, LJ Martin found some space, yep. primarily in the fourth quarter. And at that point, it, we learned from Aaron Roderick, well, we're just going to hand the rock off to LJ and, and we're going to salt this thing away and just get out of here. Yep, it's simple. Yep. We're just going to get out. We're not going to open it up and try and throw the ball. No, like we're, we're just going to keep it very simple and vanilla, finish out the fourth quarter with LJ, carrying the load there and, and get out of here with a 14-0 win, which is what they did. So people look at Keaton Slovis' numbers and rightfully no. so are like, wait a second, this is not the explosive offense that we heard about in you know, all of training camp and from Kalani Satake and from A-Rod. This is a guy that's thrown for 10,000-plus yards in his career. Yes, and by the way, the 4.4, that's not per completion. That's per, per attempt. That's per attempt. Which is worse. Okay, 20 completions, 33 attempts, 145 yards. Now, if you take his 38 career starts yeah. and let's just make it an even number of 10,000 yards, that's 263 yards a game in the air. Okay, so I... I think he'll do better than that against Southern Utah. I think that BYU should give him the opportunity to open it up more than that. This is a symbiotic relationship between the running game and the offensive line, and now BYU can go to play action, and Keaton's got more time and more options because the defense is guessing. But 300 yards is kind of where I set the expectation for Keaton Slovis in game two against this opponent. And I don't think that's too crazy. 38 starts, 10,000 yards against everybody he's played, mostly Power 5 competition. Yes. 263 a game. So I think we're going to see a bounce-back performance from Keaton Slovis. It's not going to be – I'm not I'm just saying, like, oh, he should throw for 400 yards. I'd, no. rather, I'd rather run for 200 and pass for 200. But also in this game, I would like 500 yards. So I would, I would like a 200, 300 thing. But let me see at least Rush 275 pass. yards in the air from Keaton Slovis. I, I feel like he's due for that. I, that's what I'm expecting. I yep. think he's going to be the guy that has the bounce-back performance, and he's going to throw his first touchdown as a BYU Cougar, yeah. not run for two when he had zero rushing touchdowns in his career until last week. We don't need Keaton Slovis running the ball against SUU. You need to keep this guy healthy. You don't need that to win in this game. His rate, passer rating was 97.5. That was terrible. Like He needs to be in this game. In the 160-plus range. He, yeah. needs to have, he needs to have a good, efficient game. There need to be some explosive plays down the field. We need to see BYU push it. Because, like, if BYU can't do it against Sam Houston and SU, there's some real concern. You're not going to do it against Arkansas. Why would you do it against a lot of other opponents? BYU needs to open it up a little bit here, see some success, get some confidence, and then, then we can feel like, hey, BYU can compete with Arkansas next week. Yeah. I don't need a win against Arkansas. I need BYU to compete with Arkansas. And then you play Kansas, then you play Cincinnati, and then you're in to it. You're in the Big 12 play. You know what? Seven yards per completion tells me, and 4.4 and yards per attempt tells me, there's just no explosiveness to the BYU offense. Not in game one, there wasn't. Show us in game two. Like this yards per, like there need to be a few explosive plays that take that yards per completion up over 10 yards. 
right? It's just like we need to see in a that. game like this. I want nine plus yards per attempt. We we gotta I, see. I need that. some stuff down the field. Topic two. It's time for game notes. Facts to share with your friends and family while you watch the game that'll help you sound even right. smarter than you already are. You are go. Okay, six current BYU coaches have coached at Southern Utah. In fact, Fessy Sataki played there as well. Kalani, Aaron Roderick, Fessy, Steve Clark, Justin Enna, and Gennaro Guilford. These guys know what it's like to BSUU. There's no way they overlook them. No way. They will respect the opponent and respect the game. You bring up Fessy, he's an SUU legend. Yes, he is. He pointed out yesterday in Nova 16 receiving touchdowns in his career at SUU. And he punted How about for that? SUU too. Weird, right? Okay, did you know BYU has the longest win streak at five games of any current team in the Big 12? The next closest is Houston with a two-game win streak. Let's say more about the Big 12 or BYU. This is interesting. Did the Big 12 challenge themselves too much early in the season? Yeah, with Texas State and Wyoming. <laughs> Speaking of. Five-game win streak. The last time BYU had back-to-back -back shutouts, they're going for that, right? Oh, wait, David Nixon, Brian Keel and the gang. Against UCLA, memorable performance there, 59 nothing in Wyoming. David had a pick six in that one. There's a second Wyoming reference nothing. on the show today. That's two. I'd rather win <laughs> I'd rather lose, lose and live in Provo. in Provo than win and live in Laramie. Love L. Edwards. 15, you're going for back-to-back -back shutouts for the first time in 15 years. The BYU secondary, big part of that effort, mm -hmm. had three interceptions against Sam Houston, two by Jacob Robinson. One of them was a little iffy, but... Thanks to a camera angle, he kept that second one. The lack of the one. other was from Eddie Hecker. So BYU secondary had two interceptions in the entirety of the 2022 season. Wait a second, you're telling me BYU secondary had more interceptions in the first game this year than the what? entire season last year? It was all linebackers, right? Ben Bywater, Max Tooley in the game. That is wild to that me. Is, that is wild. Hey, keep it up. The defensive backs doing their thing. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. nice to see them break out a little and bit. Most in a game since 2019 against new Packers starting quarterback Jordan Love in Utah State. How about that? Go. That was a drop eight game, by the way. That was a drop eight game. LJ Martin's 91 rushing yards. Most rushing yards by a true freshman in all of the FBS last weekend. Most since Jamal Williams in 2012 by a true freshman. And BYU Statsman said it was the most by a freshman in their debut in BYU history. Nice. LJ making history on a couple of accounts. Wow. Very well done. Uh, he wasn't the only guy to make his, you know, debut. There were six others that joined LJ. BYU started seven players on offense that made their respective debuts. LJ is not a starter per se, yeah. but how about seven different players making their debut? And may maybe that's why we need to be more patient with this thing. It's like, okay, yeah, bunch yes, of new guys. Yes and no. It, yes. No Keanu, no Cody Epps. Yes, because, hey, it's seven. No, because it's Sam Houston and you're at home. Like. I, I don't know, man. Like, it, it was it was Slowest, Robbins, Etienne, Waylon, Miley, probably Lassiter, and uh, Marion. Yeah, are those, Keelan, the Keelan, those are the perhaps? seven right there? Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of new moving parts. Yes, and, but so experienced. Like, all these guys started at their other schools. But gelling is taking longer than we thought. Okay, experience. This is Keaton Slovis' 40th career game, 39th start, as you mentioned. Max Tooley's 50th game. But the most games by any BYU player is A.J. Bungpachan. 51st game. There's a lot of experience, especially among the line. That dude's legit. A.J.V., man. Good player. He is special. I really like his game. If and I'm him, shows. I, I don't miss the Scotsman. I'll tell you 51 that. 51 games played a lot. for A.J. Bungpachan. Six players in this game have switched teams. Yeah. 
This is a new era of college football in large part, but four from Southern Utah to BYU, yep. two from BYU to Southern Utah. Just six players have switched schools between these two schools. Yes. Just That's nuts. Just between the two schools. Uh, Matava Tase, which is, by the way, how he say, says his name. I just realized that uh, in, in this morning when I did some study. He is kind of the number one guy from BYU that is used. Uh, you, you might remember Dean Jones. He's down uh, down in Southern Utah as well. Okay, Southern Utah quarterback Justin Miller. Very experienced. Tall dude, pocket passer, third all-time in program history for passing yards okay. and touchdowns. He only completed eight passes against Arizona State. Did have this touchdown we're showing. So didn't, didn't get a lot done in the pass game per se. Did have a 52-yard completion uh, in the game to Isaiah Wooden. So there was some explosion there a little bit, but BYU, uh, is, he's not a run threat. So it's sort of a different dynamic than Keaton, Keegan Shoemaker last week that they were afraid was going to run. You know, let's keep this with the Southern Utah theme here because, yeah, they're bringing experience with Justin Miller, but this is a program that's starting to find its footing. They're a little bit on the rise. Okay, keep in mind, the five wins last year in Delane Fitzgerald's coaching debut in Cedar City was the most since 2017. This, this program has been mired below mediocrity, and yeah. then here comes Coach Fitzgerald, and they win five games. They're looking to have a winning record this year. They feel like they're capable of doing that in the newly formed United Athletic Conference, a merger of the Atlantic Sun and the WAC. Yeah, no more WAC football. So BYU still holds all the records there, uh, which is the good news. Now, that's great for Southern Utah. Uh, that doesn't matter in this case. Uh, BYU should win this game, but they're getting better. And in the post-Ed Lamb era, there was a bit of a dip. Now they're coming out of it. So this is not a North Dakota State, uh, App State as an FCS, James Madison, frankly, even Sam Houston situation. This is this is a game where BYU should take care of business. But, but you look at last week and you go, give ASU a game. Better show up. And these former SU Thunderbirds get it. So I, I fully expect BYU to come out and win big. It's just... It's more than just about score, too, like we've highlighted. Yes, there needs to be a certain amount of points, certain margin, da da da. You just gotta play a certain way. We've gotta feel good coming out of this game, Spence. Or I don't feel like there's gonna be any way that BYU suddenly goes to Fayetteville and challenges or even beats Arkansas. So this is an important game that will tell us a lot about where BYU's at. Through only two games, but it's your two easiest games of the whole season. The two things I expected going into last week's game against Sam Houston were energy and precision. I saw moments of energy, not enough. And I certainly, didn't, I certainly did not see precision on offense. What we didn't see was that the defense would be this good. It was quite tilted. We thought, hopefully the defense plays well, has a good showing, less than 17. No, 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 they put up a donut. Like, it, was, it wasn't a perfect defensive performance, but it was pretty close, bro. Energy and precision on offense. You're speaking of the means to this. Yes, the process. Projected victory for BYU tomorrow. Our question of the day is the following. Which BYU player, an individual, will have the biggest bounce-back game in Week 2 against Southern Utah? Jordan Long answers on X. It's got to be the O-line. Okay, so he's grouping them together, mm -hmm. an individual group. Yeah. The cool thing with that, though, is it will lead to Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins also getting to bounce back. If Keaton and Aiden have great games, you first need to acknowledge the offensive line. We all need to do that. And I expect a monster performance from those guys. I expect Kingsley Suamataia to be even better. He had, what, was it two holding calls? Um, there were other plays where he was great, but, like, that was tough for a first-round projected guy against Sam Houston. He's really good. I expect him to be awesome. I expect BYU to be able to establish that line of scrimmage way better. 
BYU four Trey on X answers Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins. Okay. People have a hard time Pop- sticking with just one. Popular pick. <laughs> Popular pick. One. <laughs> Those two are so much better than they showed against Sam Houston. Yep. 300 yards passing for Slovis and 100 yards rushing for Robbins are the expectation with BYU for Trey. High expectations. This is the easiest game to do that if it's going to happen. Okay. Michael Croxall on Instagram. Isaac Rex. Okay. I have a feeling he will be converting on third for the offense tomorrow. Okay. Third down. Throw him the ball. Yep. Get him down the field. Two catches for 15 last week. Not targeted a ton, not a lot of catches for Isaac. Granted, there were, that, there were only 20 completions, period, in the game. I never thought I'd see Isaac Rex catch a bubble screen, but we saw that last week. It went for three yards. On third and 14. Okay. Yeah, that's one where you're just waving the white flag. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Hey, nobody else has got you with video for two hours before the game. That is BYUSN game day. Unique around the country. No one else is doing this. Boys get you one Eastern time ahead of the game on ESPN Plus, live from Cougar Canyon and inside the stadium. Up next, the newest analyst in the booth for BYU Radio. Hey. He is former Cougar Hans Olsen joining us from the confines of his friendly office. Does he think the offensive line took too much heat from Trevor Maddich and the BYU fan base? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Beastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. It's picked up in the end zone. Intercepted by Jacob Robinson. If we can get all three phases clicking, uh, imagine how good we can be. The happiest of game day eves to all of you. It's another Friday on BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Let's now welcome in our first and only guest of the day. It is Hans Olsen, former BYU football great from Hans and Scotty. Every day, noon to three mountain on KSL Sports Zone. And he's, of course, BYU Radio's new football analyst. He's one game in, so uh, Hans, you qualify as just a wily veteran alongside Greg Rebell at this point, right? Yeah, oh yeah, deep in it, for sure. <laughs> and as you can see, I raided your closet, Spencer. Hey, that's I, I like good. your mediums. Yeah, <laughs> your, your mediums fit me just right. And by the way, I've got a bone to, I got a bone to pick with your producer. Uh-oh. He, he saw this helmet, and he said... Oh, that's a nice old-timey helmet. He called it an old-timey helmet. I'm like, that's the one I played in, man. Like, what do you mean old-timey? Didn't Boney Fuller play in that one? <laughs> he used the words old-timey. I love it's, it. He just oh, graduated. So 20 years ago feels like a long time, okay? It's not It's not like you and I and Spence, you know, we, we watched you and we're like, hey, this is the heyday, you know, it's all good. Former teammate of Virgil Carter, Hans Olsen, with us on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> the, the Phantom was an amazing running back, was he not, Hans? Uh, Hans, in the spirit of old-timey football and uh, BYU bouncing back like they did. They pushed forward out of the 60s and 70s into greatness in the 80s. What's it going to take for this team within the context of this season to put what's in the past in the past on offense and bounce back to have a good performance against Southern Utah? First and foremost, just get your sets right. That's all you got to do. Just get lined up. You know, that's the most important thing at this point is get your alignment right and when you're without Keanu Hill and you're without Cody Epps and 
you're trying to navigate kind of a new receiving core, lineups are going to be difficult. When you're getting new re running backs involved in the game, lineups are going to be difficult at times. And you saw that Keaton Slovis was trying to direct traffic with the running backs. And, you know, you've got calls at the line that receivers have to see and they've got to be able to rotate and get into those alignments. Here's the thing, guys. It's a lot like broadcasting. If if it's not ready up here, then you're busy trying to figure out the motions and you're not able to actually get through some of your thoughts because you're worried about too many other things. It's the same with football. If you're busy trying to figure out where you line up, then you don't think about your foot placement. You don't think about your route cuts. You don't think about the timing and it throws everything off. So just get set. It's something as simple as getting set. And now those receivers have some experience and they probably got chewed pretty good and they should be able to find their sets against Southern Utah. And then I'm hoping to see at least one of the two, if not both, but certainly one of the two between Keanu Hill and Cody Epps back against Southern Utah. At least that's my hope. Our question of the day is which BYU player will have the biggest bounce back game against Southern Utah? What do you think? I think it'll be Isaac Rex. Ooh. I, you know, I, I, it was really interesting watching Isaac Rex and the usage and the timing. It fell off between him and Slovis. And that's not the, that's not the word that was coming out of camp. It felt like he and Isaac were on the same page and it didn't really present. I want to see Isaac Rex used in some of those scene throws. I want to see Isaac used in the middle of the field. Um, and I, I want to see him show more confidence, and I want to see Keaton show more confidence in him. But I think it'll be Isaac Rex. On a scale of 1 to 10, Hans, after one game, where would you put your concern level for this BYU football offense overall? On a, on a, so a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, 10 being that you nope. need to blow the thing up yes. and move on. Yes. And, and one being 90-whatever-two Cowboys. Exactly right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with a good three and a half to four. Okay. Not that high. No. It's not that high at all. There's things I'm looking for. You know, when, you, when you're playing with a transfer quarterback that's been at a few schools, you watch him close. And you see if he can pick up the things that Aaron Roderick is trying to explain to him. So I've got my eye on Keaton Slovis. I, I want to see him start to really pick things up the time and get rid of the ball, move it out of the pocket a little quicker and, and find those targets a little bit more accurately. I, I know that there were some accurate passes, but there were some things that were just off a touch. There was a screen pass that was behind the screener. And um, I think there was a pass out to the flats that, through to the outside to turn the receiver around, just hit those spots a little bit more. I want to see, obviously, I want to see the running backs really start to form. I want to see Aiden Robbins do better. Yeah. But I just don't have a ton of concern. Uh, let me tell you why I don't have a ton of concern, and I'll make this quick. Aaron Roderick and Fessy Sataki have put up numbers. They have put... Two quarterbacks in the NFL. They've got receivers in the NFL. They've got running backs in the NFL. Their offense has not been an issue. And it always seems like Aaron Roderick, with his intelligence, 
combined with the voice of Fessy Sataki, and I'd even go Steve Clark, who's been a coordinator and understands the flow of an offense. Hmm. I've had zero issues with that offensive coaching staff. And when you've got a good offensive coaching staff, you've got hope. You got hope that those guys are going to be in formation, in alignment, that they're going to know their job and that they're going to get their job done. So it's very, very low concern at this point. With that said, there is pressure for the offense to perform this week um, what, and put up some points. What does that perhaps need to look like in your opinion? That's got to be 38 points with eight to 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oh, okay. And hopefully the defense does their same they do their same song and dance, keep them, you know, zero to seven, somewhere in there, and put up 38 points with eight to 10 minutes left in the fourth. So I can see a little bit of Rhett's laugh. So I can see a little bit more of Smith. So I can see a little bit more of Kingston. I want to be able to see a number of guys get offensive sets with eight to 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So 38 to three with eight to 10 minutes. And I'm happy if that second and third unit can put up a field goal or a touchdown and push it into that 42 to 45 range, then I'm really happy. But yeah, 38 points. I, I want to see. Arena Football League legend Hans Olsen with the Sun BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. I'm just going to think of all the most obscure things I can do to introduce you, Hans. Hey, hey Colton, here's another old-timey helmet for you. Utah Blaze, baby. Here's another old-timey helmet for you, bud. I love it. I love old-timey. it. Hey, Hans, you, you can speak to this very specifically. Earlier this week, Trevor Maddich of ESPN did not hold back on the BYU offensive line. He straight out called them out and said they're playing in a way that makes defenses excited to play against them. They, they're, they're not playing with fire and physicality. How did you see BYU's offensive line in their performance against Sam Houston? Do, do they need the stark wake-up call like Trevor Maddich is suggesting? I, I thought he was a little more harsh than probably needs to be. But that's fine because I think Trevor comes from a world of very high-level offensive line play. Um, he was a better offensive lineman than I was. And and so I think that he demands and expects the world because he knows the talent that's there at BYU. I, I went back, I actually, re, I went back and rewatched the game and I regraded the offensive line the way I would grade it. Um, and I felt like Connor Pegg graded okay. I think he could do better on twist handoffs, better on backside wall-offs, but I thought he was okay. I thought Paul Miley, outside of one pressure on a three-man rush, that really upset me. I thought he was pretty good. Uh, I thought Waylon Lapuaho was okay, other than the big penalty, was okay. Kingsley uh, Solmataea needs to probably take that step. It's not that his game was bad. And let me be really clear on this, guys. There were plays where Kingsley took his guy and put him so far in the dirt that the kid's parents are probably still looking for him. Like, it, he had moments of pure dominance. So don't get this confused. It's just the hype was so big, and I think people expected so much, and he maybe wasn't to that level. Um, I thought that 
Times rotations could definitely improve. And I thought Caleb Etienne's time could improve. So I go through a five-man format because it's always tough. It, okay, for instance, Spencer, let's say you have an incredible show and Jeremy's like just trying to get that done. This or is most days. Person. Okay. And somebody sends a tweet and says, oh, my gosh, Sports Nation was awful today. And Jeremy, you're sitting there like, what? Spencer was awful. What are you talking about? Like, I no. I was good. You know, or or Colton in the production thinking that's an old-timey helmet. That was awful. No. It, I, you know, it's tough when you're a part of a position group and you all get lumped in. It sucks. And I kind of felt like Trevor's comments were all involving, and that's fine, and they could definitely do better. Believe me, they could do better. But there were good performances inside that game from individuals in moments that make me believe they got it. They just need to do it every play. And, and I thought glimpses of things that I really liked from them. First two games certainly are a nice warm-up to get to 10 straight Power 5 to BYU. They haven't opened up a home with two straight like this since 2012. When you look at what BYU did against Sam Houston, what they hope to do against Southern Utah, what do you want to see Saturday that gets you feeling like, okay, BYU can go to Arkansas and compete with the Razorbacks next week? Another, another good defensive performance. Being able to really close out those, those edges. That was one of my, that was one of the biggest improvements I saw from this BYU defense was their ability to set and close an edge. It is an underrated aspect of any level of football to have defensive ends that can set an edge that have a safety or an outside linebacker or corners that can truly set an edge. And they showed against them Houston they could set the edge. Guys, against Arkansas and Kansas with the quarterback running back duos that they have, you're going to have to be able to shut those edges down. And Blake Mangelson, I saw his son, phenomenal, awesome. Keep pounding that edge. Tyler Batty, you look better. Hmm. Uh, Isaiah Banya, you looked really good setting the edge. And you know what I liked, guys? I saw, uh, four or five guys that you didn't really know their names coming into this season, coming up and setting the edge, including the two transfers that they brought from Weber State at the corner position. They did a good job of setting that edge. So I need to see them continue to pound that contain and force SUU back inside and be able to really control that that offensive usage on the outside. It, this is specifically to being able to be able to take on Arkansas. And it was so much better. And I want to see it be really good against Southern Utah again. Because those were the areas where last season and maybe even the last three seasons, that's how I lost my hair. I'm not even kidding, guys. Before, but like going back three years ago, I had a big old full bushy head of hair. I remember. And then... And then I'm watching BYU's inability to truly hold and press contain, and it's just killing me. As a former defensive end, I played DN my sophomore year at BYU. I just understand 
Al, yeah, with with what's his name? Forty. Evan, was it, what's the guy? Oh, Eldon Forsythe. Yeah, Eldon Forsythe. Yeah. 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 yeah, you get but it. I was playing defensive end with Eldon Forsythe, <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm holding that edge, and and I understand the importance, and I understand the importance of the support of linebackers that scrape, yeah, corners that come and press on receivers, and outside linebackers that can that can press and contain on the outside. Continue to show me that, and I think that you can play with Arkansas. I'm just not real worried about this offense, guys. It's it's going to come around, and and if it doesn't quickly with Keaton Slovis, I, I trust Aaron Roderick enough to know that he'll make the adjustments he needs to make. Hans, great stuff. Uh, we always appreciate your time. Know how busy you are. For what it's worth, as an old-timer, you look amazing in that medium polo, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you and Phil Mixon. <laughs> Last time I ever raid your closet, I'm telling you. You, you wore a small shirt, man. I, it's, I, it looks like I raided Chef's closet. Yeah, not a small shirt, but yes. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing an extra small. So. Oh, great stuff. Hans, we appreciate you, brother. Looking forward to your call tomorrow again in game number two. We'll talk to you again soon. See you tomorrow. Love you both. Great job. All right, you can see him more. Hans Olsen from Hans and Scotty every day, noon to 3 Mountain on the KSL Sports Zone. And, of course, he is the new BYU football radio analyst. And tomorrow, Cougar Pregame Live, you can hear Shep and Greg and Mitch and Hans, of course, on uh, Cougar Pregame Live on the BYU Radio, BYU Radio app, starting at 1 Eastern time. Let's go. Up next, we take a look at the new non-conference schedule for BYU women's basketball. How significantly have they challenged themselves before a brutal Big 12 schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. What up? Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out your Friday headlines. Good football host Southern Utah for the second time ever. Tomorrow on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus. Get your pregame fix for BYUSN Game Day on BYU TV and Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio, both starting at 1 Eastern time. All day football. Matt Bushman was called up to the Chiefs' 53-man roster yesterday, played seven snaps in the Chiefs' 21-20 shocking loss at home to the Detroit Lions. Other Cougars in the NFL this weekend include Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, their reunion with the Saints against the Titans. Tyler Algier and the Falcons take on Brady Christensen's Panthers. Puka Nakua's NFL debut will happen against Jerem Seahawks. See! Fred Warner and the 49ers take on the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Chris Brooks, the surprise. He's a signing non-draftee. And the Dolphins against Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Your number one ranked women's soccer team undefeated. Heads up to Salt Lake to take on Utah tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on Pac-12+. Plus. Beat the Utes again. Haven't lost to them since 2014. Eighth-ranked BYU women's volleyball beat Towson in four sets, then swept UC Irvine yesterday at the Washington State Cougar Classic. BYU will face the 13th-ranked Cougars in Pullman in a ranked matchup tonight, 10 Eastern, to wrap up the Cougar Classic. Huge test tonight. Women's basketball non-conference schedule is out. Regular season begins Tuesday, November 7th at Montana State. Cougars will play Wake Forest in La Ia on November 18th at Utah, December 2nd. Finish up with Nevada, December 21st, among other games. That in Springfield, Missouri, by the way. Of note, this is cool. This year, every uh, game, home and away, in neutral, will be broadcast on BYU Radio. Let's go. Awesome. 
third-ranked BYU men's cross-country and the number seven women's cross-country teams will both host the annual Autumn Classic to open their respective seasons this morning. The women, they started earlier this morning. They're running. Yep. Carmen Alder won with 17 minutes, 26 seconds, two hundredths in the BYU women's three-mile. The men's race currently happening right now. Did the women win to keep the undefeated thing going, though? That's the real question. Are they undefeated? Is the undefeated August and September is still a thing at BYU? Going? Yeah. All right, those are today's headlines. Now we whip. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. We're told BYU competed against uh, Solid Community College in Westminster, so good, uh, good shot there. Uh, okay, <laughs> what stands out to you about the women's basketball non-conference schedule? First and foremost, they were able to make the tournament happen at BYU-Hawaii. That's cool. In Lightyear. again, yes. the David O. McKay Center. I love that that is happening, and I love that they're going to challenge themselves. Wake Forest out of the ACC is, mm -hmm. is kind of an, a notable opponent early in the season. I like that. The game at Utah on December 2nd feels like just a massive showdown with the news about Jeff Judkins Hi, and the fact that Utah was all-time good last year and they're bringing back a ton of talent to that team so yeah. can BYU compete with the youth this year in early December check it George Q Cannon yeah I, I think it's uh it's good because guess what league play is going to be tough it's not as tough as like the men's side but it is really good they had uh six teams make the tourney last year in the Big 12 among the 10 crazy absolutely uh yesterday Legendary quarterback Aaron Rodgers was asked about football becoming fun again. I love this so much. And he spoke about his relationship with Zach Wilson being at the forefront of this rediscovery of fun. Well, there's a lot of guys that have really made me feel comfortable here, made me feel at home. Um, I think as much as anybody, the relationship with, with, uh, with Zach has been the most important one because uh, him and I already had a friendship. And coming in here and knowing that I'm coming in to be the guy where he's been the guy. And he's dealt with so much uh, scrutiny in the media and ups and downs this first couple of years. For him to embrace me the way he has, has been fantastic. I love him. You know, I really care about him. And I want to see him uh, to grow and get better and to watch me and to be in my hip pocket and learn as much as possible. But that relationship was first and foremost, I think, most important. This is becoming like a dream scenario for Zach Wilson. Like your best friends with Aaron Rodgers, like that, it could not have worked out better for him. And I, I just respect Aaron Rodgers and his stance so much. Like, I love that he has absolutely embraced Zach, and Zach has done the same for him. This is amazing. What do you make of those comments from from Aaron Rodgers? Because Zach already looked up to Aaron, and they had established a relationship uh, before. It works because if, if Zach had a huge ego and he was like, no, I still want to be the starter. It's like, well, obviously you're bringing Aaron Rodgers to be the starter. Now Zach Wilson can learn th some things that he can apply, whether that's with the Jets or somebody else later. And who knows? You're one play away from being the guy in the game. So this is what we were hoping Zach would have initially, but obviously the Jets didn't have a veteran guy in there sure. to sort of coach him up. Or And Zach doesn't go into the games now thinking, I'm playing today, I have to deliver. He's got to be ready to do so, but it's certainly Aaron's show. It's it's pretty cool to see the egoless situation. Yeah, respect for both of them, and yeah. certainly for the legend who's, who's looking to help Zach create just a, a great future in the NFL. Yeah, but not at his expense, after. Hey, by the way, women's cross country, they, they won the meet. Of course they won. The undefeated, undefeated August and September continues The Shane for now. Reese undefeated era. All right, up next, time to preview the weekend in the Big 12 okay. with our Big 12 Roundup. And we're going to make some picks as it pertains to the BYU Southern Utah game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium with our weekly prop picks. 
This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Let's get right to our Big 12 Roundup. If you're new to this, we present the biggest games in the Big 12 Conference or featuring Big 12 teams each week. We talk about the expectations and the spreads yep. from our friends in the desert, and then we choose which team we think are gonna cover the spread. So this week, we're adding a super pick, which means if we get our super pick correct, it's like confidence points, we get an additional point. But if you miss that confidence pick, you lose a point okay. in the head-to-head -head competition. Okay. Let's start with tonight's game between Illinois and Kansas. The Jayhawks are a three-point favorite. I've got the Jayhawks. Jalen Daniels uh, expected to play in this yes. one. Did not play last week. Jason Bean did. Tightness in uh, in uh, Daniels' back, so I expect Kansas to put up some points and win by three-plus. Yes, Jalen Daniels being back is the reason I am agreeing with you. I am going with Kansas to cover against Illinois in Friday Night Football. Number 12, Utah. At Baylor, Utes by seven and a half. On the sheer principle of not ever <laughs> picking Utah, I'm going with Baylor here. Thank I don't you care that, that Blake. In that no, I don't care that Blake Shapin is out or what. I just yeah. like Utah very well might do this. I don't care. I'll take the, if I'll take the point loss. I'm going with Baylor to rally to to get to like just to just fight for something here. I, I think they're gonna stay within seven. <sighs> You're right. I don't. I'm not rooting for you, Tom. I'm just, I'm like, gosh, dang it. I have <laughs> covering this one. I just don't think Baylor is going to. Uh, they probably won't. Put up but I can't on principle. I can't do anything but pick Baylor, especially after some of the things I saw on social media earlier this week about Baylor Week from Utah fans. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, third game. Iowa at Iowa State. The yeah. Cyhawk Trophy is up for grabs. Yeah, man. Okay, Iowa three and a half point favorite against yeah. the Cyclones. I got, uh, I got yeah. Iowa. I just don't think Iowa State offensively is that good. Iowa's defense is tremendous. It's just can they put up enough points? That's the issue with Iowa. Cade McNamara should help and has helped, I believe, their offense turn a corner at least a little bit. Nine, Speaking of Iowa. 9-3 in this one. I got Iowa. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. SMU against number 18 Oklahoma. Oklahoma getting... Uh, or SMU getting 16 and a half points. I, I can't be more emphatic about this, Jerem. Yep. Oklahoma is my super pick. Oh, here we go. They absolutely are going to cover this. I'm yeah. buying stock in Oklahoma right now. They got to play this game at Memorial Stadium in, in Norman. I, I think SMU is walking into a hornet's nest, baby. I have Oklahoma as well. Okay, they're my, they're my super pick. Okay, next game, Cincinnati and Pitt. Yep. Pittsburgh is seven-point favorite at home in the River City rivalry. Yeah, it's been a minute since they've had this. They used to play this in the Big East, right? It's been 11 years. Um, is Emory Jones gonna gonna do enough for Cincinnati? I say no. I've got Pitt laying the seven. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I wavered on this one a little bit. I'm taking Cincinnati here. Okay. So you and I differ in that regard. Okay. I think Cincinnati's going to be within seven. Game of the week in college football. Number 11, Texas at number three, Alabama. Alabama by seven. What you got? Alabama next. So I, I don't, I'm not buying Texas right now. I've got to see it. By the way, Quinn Ewers has not completed a pass of 20 plus for a touchdown in his Texas career. Random stat I heard this week. I have this as my super pick. Bama. Yeah. Roll tide. Yeah, it's, it's a safe super pick. For sure. Roll time. Yes, Alabama. Uh, if Texas is within seven, I will be shocked. 
Okay, next game, 13th ranked Oregon. On the road against their former quarterback, Tyler Shuck in Texas Tech. The Red Raiders coming off a very, very frustrating loss at Wyoming. Six and a half point favorite for Oregon. I have Oregon, certainly Texas Tech way better than Portland State, but Oregon looked great. Put up 81 points, Puddles did 536 push-ups. Sure. I have the Ducks uh, covering this one. The Red Raiders respond, Jerem. Ooh. Texas Tech covers here. Texas Tech covers okay. here. They, rep, okay. they circle the wagons in Lubbock. Joey McGuire gets that, yes. uh, that group going. UCF laying uh, three and a half against Boise State. I think Boise State is not good, Jerem. I don't think so either. I, I think UCF wins for sure by four or more in this yeah. game. I, I, I just think UCF's too explosive. They're recruiting at a really high level. They have good uh, defensive line play. Yeah, I have UCF. Right, what I saw from Boise State last week against Washington, and I know is that right, Washington, whatever. I think whatever. Washington's pretty good. No, I, I don't think Boise State is. A, In the Chris Peterson Bowl? Yeah, they're, not a, they're not a great team. Oklahoma State, last one. Against Arizona State, the Cowboys favored by three and a half against the Sun Devils, who held off Southern Utah by three last week. Yeah, that, the ASU looks awful. I have, uh, you know, Oklahoma State still has its issues as well. Like, hardly anybody lost more to the portal than Oklahoma State. Gunner Gundy, Caleb, the quarterback, the coach's son. Caleb Etienne uh, for BYU. I have Oklahoma State covering the three and a half. Yes, I'm with you. Oklahoma State will cover against Arizona State. Got a couple differences, but not too Did many. Did I see anything from the Sun Devils that will make me think otherwise? Um, no, not at all. Okay, time for prop picks now big 12 roundup up prop picks up uh this is where we have five different possibilities in this game and yes. then we pick so who will record BYU's first rush attempt aiden robbins lj martin or the field it's aiden robbins and i think it needs to be jerem just for the confidence factor just like we're going right back to you you're getting the first carry and i hope it's a run of at least five or six yards probably will be but i'm taking the field because there might be a jet sweep there might be a Keaton Slovis RPL where he just keeps. It might even be Deion Smith. Who knows? Okay. You're going with the field. Nice. I, I know LJ Martin is a fun, like, people are, what about LJ? No, it's, it's too early to, like, too go early, away from Aiden yes, Robbins. Yes. Number two, BYU's offense will score between 21 points or fewer, 22 no. to 30 points, 31 to 40 points, or 41 plus points. 41 plus. You're confident they're 40, going to go 41 plus. 41 plus. BYU's putting up points. See, I'm, I'm somewhere between 31 and 40. I think okay. the defense can do their thing. I, it, it's hard for me to be like, yes, the offense is going to score 41 plus after last week. I hope they do. I hope you get the point. I really if do. They don't. It's going to be But I, I think that, that they might hit somewhere between 36 and 40. Over under 9.5 points allowed by the defense. I am going under. Nice. I am buying the Jay Hill defense right yeah. now. I think that yeah. they're they're back. Like it's, it's going to be probably seven or fewer. They scored 14. Uh, Southern Utah scored 14 offensive points against Arizona State. Had a big play. Didn't get the run game going too much. Didn't throw for a ton. I got under as well. Okay. Under Both one. under there. Over under four and a half punts for Ryan Rico. He had nine in game number one. I say over because there's going to be three through the first three quarters, and then up big he has two punts in the fourth. It goes to five. Yeah, five punts is not that many. No. It's this is this one's over for sure. Yeah, we we agree back to back things. And last but not least, which player will have the longest play from scrimmage? Keelan Marion is the man that will take the lid off the top of a defense, Jim. They almost had him last week against Sam Houston. It was underthrown just a little bit and he wasn't able to yeah. high point the ball and stop a little bit. I think Keaton Slovis and Keelan Marion connect on the longest play from scrimmage. Keanu Hill likes to take it to teams Agreed. from Southern Utah. Agreed. Utah Tech last year, it's going to be Southern Utah this year. Keanu Hill. I hope. Hey, my guy Keanu. Let's go. Those are your prop picks and the Big 12 Roundup.
Okay, we're on record on a lot of different ways. That's, wait, this is live? 14 different things. Up next, which player do you expect to have the bounce back game of games against Southern Utah? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. People came up and talked to me about that almost immediately. Like after the race, I went and did my victory lap with the other the other two guys who were in the top three, and uh, like there there was people there that were were saying thank you for um, like doing what I did and how inspiring it was, and thank you for being a good example for my kids. Or like that was just awesome. You're like that was great. That was so fun to watch. Or different things like that. Latest episode of Deep Blue Podcast features Kenneth Rooks, national champion, USA champion. Subscribe and listen to the new season of Deep Blue Podcast with Shep wherever you get your podcast. Oh, love that. And, and what a great athlete. What a great humble kid he is. Our question of the day, which BYU player will have the biggest bounce back game against Southern Utah? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. I should call Kenneth a man. He's a man. Okay, let's just He's put that, Kenneth. Let's put that on record. Yes, he is, he is Kenneth. Nice. At Chauncey Jones on X says, Aiden Robbins going to have the bounce back game. His debut didn't go as he had probably envisioned, but I yep. expect a lot more carries for Aiden and a solid performance against Southern Utah. Love it. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Return of the NFL. Let's go. Puka Nakua, Jaron Hall, Chris Brooks, Blake Freeland potentially making their NFL debuts, right? We expect Puka and Blake certainly to play. Yeah. Jaron probably not. Chris perhaps not, but we'll see. So congrats to those guys on uh, making the 53, and uh, perhaps we'll see them this week. So weekend. for a second, I thought there were 17 on active 53-man rosters at 16 BYU 16. players. 16. Three guys on the practice squad. Pretty awesome. Solid. Good number. Our thanks to today's guest, old-timey Hans Olsen. He started at a Spitta who didn't play with Hans. <laughs> for Jeremiah Spencer, shout-out to Steve Christensen, old BYU quarterback. Speaking of old-timey, we'll see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. For BYU Sports Nation, countdown to kickoff game day.